We're going to be in Matthew chapter number two is where we're going to be. Matthew chapter number two as we wrap up our series on a Christmas miracle. And uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter number two. I hope that you've had a wonderful Christmas season, just the whole thing, the whole, the whole way around, obviously culminating with yesterday. Hope you're able to enjoy some time with family, uh, able to uh, maybe get out. I mean, uh, the snow came a day late, and so thankfully we were able to get most of our traveling out of the way. If you had to travel, we had to make a trip over to Livingston and back, and literally last night on the way home, I told Tress, I said, man, praise God, we've had such great weather for traveling, and then this morning happened. And, uh, but uh, hey, that's all right. It came, came a day late, and that's all right. I know I was talking with Todd and Maria this morning and some of their families trying to fly and they've had flights canceled and all kinds of crazy stuff's going on and so it's uh, it's an interesting time anytime we get snow but hey welcome to Montana uh, that's part of the reason that we live here uh, we don't have very many tornadoes we don't have hurricanes we don't have a lot of natural disasters but we do get snow okay and so praise the Lord for everybody that's able to be here this morning on the last Sunday of this year of 2021 and uh, what I mean I I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to 2022. I heard, saw somebody post something the other day, and they said, if you thought 2020 was bad, listen to the name of 2020, it's 2022 as well, you know, and so I don't, I don't know, you know, it's, uh, we'll see what happens uh, this next year, but to hopefully it's nothing like 2020, and uh, but uh, looking forward to diving into next year, obviously next Sunday be the first Sunday of the new year, January the 2nd, looking forward to a great time together as we get to celebrate a new year and be diving into this, and so I'm glad that you were able to make it here on the final Sunday of 2021. It's good to have Allie here. All the way from Ohio. She doesn't know what snow is, and so I'm glad that she came all the way back here just so she could experience this. When do you fly back out, Allie? On Wednesday. All right. So get everybody get your hellos in and things like that before she leaves because she's out of here in a couple of days. And so when she comes back, she's coming back to get married, right? So that's pretty much it. Wow. It's crazy. For those of you who didn't know, Allie did find a guy. Isn't that incredible? And so we're so excited for her. And uh, that's, uh, that's exciting. Uh, but Allie's getting married. She'll be coming back um, then. And so we're, we're looking forward to getting to see her and Jacob whenever they make that trip back. All right. Matthew chapter number two is where we're going to be this morning. As we get started, let's pray. We'll ask for the Lord's help this morning, and then we will dive into the Word of God together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us to be able to open your Word for a few moments. I thank you, God, for each person that's here, those that are joining us online. I thank you, God, for the privilege that we have to be able to come to church and to be able to worship you. I pray, Lord, today that as we do that, that, God, you'd speak to our hearts, that you'd stir us. God, you'd um, help us, God, to see your word maybe in a new, enlightened way. I pray, God, that we'd be challenged by the scriptures as we finish out this year and as we look into going into next year as well. Father, thank you for what we're going to learn from this passage. We ask that you meet with us in a special and unique way. We pray all of this in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we all know, at this point in time, in Matthew chapter number 2, as we come to this this chapter, Jesus has just been born in Bethlehem. In fact, uh, the, the Bible uh, really ends verse uh, chapter number 1 by telling us that, uh, that, the, that she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And so now Jesus is here. He's been laid in the, the manger we saw last week. We celebrated His birth and praise God for the wonderful birth that it was. The culmination of some 4,000 years of prophecies and, and looking forward to that had taken place as Jesus was laid there. Uh, last week we saw as the angels as they gathered together and they cried out, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, it, it, it was just an awesome, awesome thing. And uh, and, and obviously the, the beginning beginning of the greatest story ever to be told, the story of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Now as we come to chapter number 2 and we we begin looking at verse number 1, it would seem from verse number 1 in our passage that on the same night that Christ's birth was that the star appeared in the sky. Look with me if you would at chapter number 2 verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And so we see that that the wise men, when Jesus was born, they began making their trip to come and to see Jesus. Now why would they do this? Well, it's because of a prophecy all the way back in the book of Numbers. In Numbers chapter number 24, verse number 17, the Bible says, I I shall see him, but not, not now. I shall behold him, but not now. 
9, There shall come a star, capital S, out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. And so we see here that there's a prophecy of this star appearing uh, the, the, uh, in the Old Testament. You know, we've read through the book of Numbers so many times, no doubt, probably in our lives, and we probably just skipped over that verse. Why? Because it's the book of Numbers, alright? And, uh, and, but here we are, okay? A prophecy that no doubt these wise men that the Bible tells us had seen, and therefore they recognized when the star appeared in the sky. Because they saw it, they're known as wise men. It's interesting that the only thing that we really know, the reason that they're even called wise men at all, is because they had studied the scriptures and they acted upon it. Isn't that interesting? Uh, that's the reason that they're known as the wise men. Now, no doubt they probably were had other knowledge, or they, they probably had an immense amount of uh, education and things like that as well. But the only thing that we truly know about them from the Scriptures, the reason that they're called wise men is because they knew the Scriptures and they acted upon it. Now, contrary to the song that we so often sing, we don't actually know how many wise men there were, all right? Sometimes we, we, we sing the song, we three kings, all right? Three, uh, the Bible doesn't call them kings either, but here, uh, these three, three people that came. Well, no doubt there were at least three, uh, there, they had, but, but it was a, a good possibility that there were far more than just three. In fact, it, it would have made sense for the wise men to travel in a great entourage of people, okay? A vast number of people that would have been in this group coming to Jesus. And so here they are bringing their three gifts with this whole group trailing along with them. And we learn in verse number two that these wise men had their eyes fixed on a star, believing that the prophecy of Numbers 24 was going to come to pass. Look at verse number two. As they came to Jerusalem, they said, where is he that is born? King of the Jews. For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. You know, the truth is, is on that night they saw something unusual. What was it? Well, it's, it's not uncommon for stars to burn out. We've all looked at the stars and we've probably seen a shooting star. Maybe you're like, uh, Tressa and I will be driving down the road or something and, and I'll see a shooting star and say, oh, did you see that? No. And that seems like that's always the case, okay? Uh, but, but yeah, you see the star. Allie and, and Jacob, they, they, they sit at night and they look up at the stars and they make wishes when they fall. And, and uh, I mean, and, and sometimes those wishes come true, right? I mean, we've, we've all seen shooting stars. It's not really that uncommon of a thing. It's something that's unique. It's something that's special. Whenever we look up and we see the stars, they're shining bright and all of a sudden one stops shining and falls through the sky. And we say, oh look, there's a shooting star, a a falling star. It's something that's kind of special. But it's the natural cycle, the natural life cycle of a star is to eventually burn out. Well, here in the scriptures, something unusual had happened on that night. It wasn't that they saw a falling star, a shooting star, or a star burn out. It was that one day they're looking up in the sky and all of a sudden a star appeared. And that's unusual. Sometimes maybe we look up in the sky nowadays and we see something. We say, oh, look at that. There's a star. Now we don't, I mean, the truth is, is most of us aren't astronomers or astrologers. We don't look at the sky and study it to the depths that we would know if there was another star that would appear or not. But we look in the sky and we say, oh, look, there's a, look at that star. It's really bright and it starts to move and we realize it's a satellite, okay? That's the way that it usually works, all right? And that, but, but here in this day, there weren't satellites flying around in the sky, all right? They're, they're, they look up and here's this star shining brightly, a star that hadn't been there before a star that now they recognize and they begin to think amongst themselves I, I can't help but wonder if they started looking and said hey wise man number one like, listen did you see did you see that i don't think that was there before wise man number three looks over and he says oh yeah look at that that's a that's a new star and wise man number two says hey listen there's something in numbers 24 about that i think it's the birth of the savior and so with that sight in mind Understanding the prophecy that had been given. The Bible tells us that they began to pursue the location of the Savior. 
But as we read that verse, it's easy for us to, to read in and to just, as we mentioned before, to know the story so well that we just kind of skim over it. We just kind of skip over it and we miss something that the Bible says in verse number 2. Look with you, if you would again at verse number 2. They, they came, they said, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Here the Bible tells us, here they are, they're they're making their way to come to Jesus, to find the Savior. And as they're walking on their way, the Bible tells us that they reach Herod. They come to Herod. Now why would they come to Herod? I thought they were following the star. Why would they stop and ask Herod where Jesus was whenever they were following the star? Well, I believe that according to the Scripture, that there's a good possibility that the reason that they stopped and asked Herod where Jesus was is because maybe, just maybe... For a period of time, the star disappeared. Maybe, just maybe, the star wasn't visible. And for a period of time, as they were walking, they didn't see the star. See, I'm no English major by any stretch of the imagination, but I know when the Bible says we have seen the star, it means it's something that happened in the past. If Isaac had come to me today, and he had had told me about his favorite Christmas movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation form of it, not the new and improved, supposedly, digital version on the computer, no, the old claymation. And he said, listen, he said, "I, I, 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 I saw the, the, the old claymation, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, and I would say to him, Isaac, yes, I, I'm excited about it too. I have seen that. Now if I told him that, he would look at me and he would, he would understand that at that very present moment, I was not watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay, He would know that it was something that at some point in my life, in the past, I had watched it. Okay? I mean, that just makes sense. Listen, the Bible tells us when they say here, we have seen His star in the east. What were they saying? Well, we saw it back where we came from when we started on our journey. I believe there's further proof if you look down at verse number 9. Whenever they, uh, whenever they depart, the, the Bible tells us when they heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw passed in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child, young child was. They saw it in the east. Listen, friend, I believe with all of my heart that as they were traveling along, possibly for up to two years. I mean, just think about that. We know that after... The Bible tells us after they finally come and they, they meet, they, they finally come to Jesus and then after they leave that Herod puts out a decree that all children that are two years and under are to be murdered, are to be killed, all, all, all male children. Why would he do that? Well, it's because it could have been up to two years after the birth of Christ. I know the nativity scene looks great with the shepherds and the sheep and the, the, the wise men, but they may, but probably weren't actually there at the very beginning at the birth of Christ. It may have been up to two years that they had been traveling to come to find Jesus and along this way as they were traveling for that two years somewhere along that way that star was no longer in view and for at least a portion of that time they were traveling without that star has there ever been a time in your life when you felt like you were walking walking in darkness Maybe initially everything seemed clear, but somewhere along the way you lost sight of the star. Things weren't as clear as they once were. I'm sure all of us, after the events of 2020, came into 2021 with great hopes and expectations of all that was going to happen and all that we were going to accomplish. And as we went into chapter number two uh, went into 2021 we found that listen it really didn't end up being all that much different than what 2021 was or 2020 was uh, we, we just became even more confused with everything that was going on maybe as you began into this year you everything seemed bright everything seemed clear but then there was a, a doctor's call that, that threw everything off maybe there was some financial crisis the loss of a loved one maybe it was just uncertainty about what was next in your life And maybe 
You feel like you've been walking through life without the star. Listen to what the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5. Very simple verse, we quote it so often. Simply says this, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, as the disciples, or as the, the wise men rather, were, were walking, and as they were going to follow and find the Savior, there was a period of time where they weren't walking by sight. They were walking by faith. Just taking those steps, one step over the other, in search of that Savior. And there's a good chance that as you walk through life, as we go into 2022, that there will be a good portion of it where you will be traveling without the star. So a few moments, for a few moments today, let's, let's learn from the wise men and what they did when they couldn't see the star. When they were traveling without the star. First of all, we see this, that they followed God's word. Look at verse number 3. The Bible tells us, when, when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is, thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel." Here Herod, was, he was dumbfounded whenever the, the, the wise men came to him and told him that, listen, there was another king that had been born. A king that they were coming to worship. He was dumbfounded. He didn't understand what was happening. And the Bible tells us that it seems like he ushered the wise men out and he pulled in all of his, his, his people. All the people, that the, 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 the priests and the scribes, he brought them in and he said, listen, what are these guys talking about? What are they referring to? And the, what, the, the, pre, the high priests and the, the Scribes, they came in and they said, oh listen, we know exactly what they're referring to. They're talking about a prophecy from the Old Testament. They're talking about something from the Bible, from the Scriptures, something from from the, the Old Testament, a prophecy that was written by a prophet that says that in Bethlehem, the land of Judah, he says, listen, it's not the, the, the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor and shall rule my people Israel. The answer that they gave was found in the same place that the wise men had found it. It was found in the Scriptures, in the Word of God. And listen, friend, when the wise men couldn't see the star, you know what they held to? You know what they followed? They followed God's Word. They followed the Scriptures. Before Tressa and I were were married, one of the times that I came out to visit, one of the first times that I came out to visit her, it was before I had a GPS. I didn't, I mean, we didn't have smartphones and uh, like, like we do today that you can just go and look it up. I mean, it's hard to imagine, but listen, there was a time in life where it wasn't like that. I mean, that's incredible, right? You know, and, uh, you know, I, and you couldn't just pull it up on your cell phone. And, and, uh, and so before we left, I remember my dad sitting down with me and he had gotten all of these paper maps. And uh, we sat down. I remember sitting down at the table, and he went and he said, "All right, this is where you're. This is where you're going to drive in Indiana. You're going to take this road, and, and he's highlighting it for me. You're going to take this road, and then you're going to take a take a turn here, and then you're going to go here, and then and then oh, there was the end. And so then we had to get to Illinois. And so then we opened up the Illinois map, and you know you spread it out like this, and and you know and then you highlight going across this, and okay, and then we're going to get to Iowa. Okay, put that map away. And now we got Iowa, and then and then you go through that, and then South Dakota, and then finally Montana, and, and you know you're highlighting the map." the whole way and, and, and then we folded those maps up and, and it was this great big pile of maps I remember taking putting it in my car and then starting out on the road how foolish it would have been if as I made it down the road a little bit and I got off the roads that I was familiar with and, and now all of a sudden I made my way into, you know, like, uh, the, you know, a little bit further in Indiana, you know, maybe I made it to Illinois, maybe, and, you know, Iowa for sure. But, but I mean, you get to one of these places and all of a sudden you're, you, you, you don't know where you're going. I didn't know where I was going. And, and what if I just said, you know what? I think I'm just going to wing it. You know, I think I'm just going to make this happen. I'm just going to keep on driving towards the sun. You know, it's going to set in the west, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, that would have been foolish. That would have been so silly.
silly for me to do that when I had the maps sitting right there beside me. Isn't that how we do life so many times? I mean, we, we, we approach the new year and we commit to follow the Scriptures regardless of if we can see the star or not, regardless of, of what things are going to happen, what, what's going to happen in life. And we decide, you know what, we're just going to continue on no, no matter what happens. We're just going to keep on pressing on. Listen, friend, this book shouldn't be a map that's tucked away in the glove box. Shouldn't be something that we only pick up when life isn't making sense. So many times we treat it like the spare tire that's tucked away in case of emergency when reality it should be the steering wheel of our life. Psalm chapter number 119 verse number 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. In the same chapter, in verse number 133, it says, Order my steps in thy word. Let not iniquity or sin have dominion over me. He says, Order my steps according to thy word. God, lay out the path in front of me and help me, God, to follow that path according to the Scriptures. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 13, he says, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart." And Isaiah chapter number 45, verse number 2. I love this verse. It says this, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut asunder the bars of iron. I love that verse. The Bible tells us that Jesus says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. One of my favorite, I mean, it's just one of my favorite verses. Psalm 40, or, uh, Isaiah 45, verse number 2. He says, listen, if you will let me, I will go out in front of you. And I will make those crooked spots that you're going to get stuck in straight. But what do we do? We try to get out in front of God. We think we know what's best. We think we know what we should do. And so what do we do? We try to get out in front. We try to work things out on our own. And, and, and we get out ahead of God. And what happens? We end up in the crooked spaces, right? And we sit there and we're looking at life and going, what am I doing? God, get me out of here. And God's saying, listen, the map was there all along. You should have just followed it. Today, the GPS says rerouting, right? You know, and you get, and a lot of times you don't have, you don't have signal. And so what happens? The dot, it just keeps spinning or the dots are just there and, and you're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Tressa was down in California, uh, whenever we were going to college and, and her and a couple of her friends had borrowed my car that I had just bought that was not in my name yet. And she had taken it down into L.A. And she was down in L.A. And they were going to some high-end area. And her and her friends, they were going shopping. And she got to this place and she made a turn on, I think I believe it was a one-lane road, the wrong direction, right? And so she immediately panicked, pulled over into the middle of the road. And she's just sitting there as she's waiting for her GPS to load. And it's just rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. Because it doesn't work when you go the wrong way on a one-way, okay? And so, you know, she's trying to figure out, what am I going to do? And, and sure enough, a police officer pulls up behind her. So here she is sitting in my car that I just purchased that's not in my name, Going the wrong way on a one-lane road. And would you believe it? He walked away and gave her a warning and she just drove away. Listen, if that had been me, he'd have taken my car, I'd have gone to jail, okay? That's the way that that works, all right? Uh, But listen, uh, sometimes in life we try to get out in front of God and what happens? We find ourselves in the crooked places. Stuck there. Those wise men, as they were seeking Jesus... When they could see the star, everything seemed good. When the Bible tells us that, listen, there was some time that they couldn't see that star, what did they do? They just continued seeking Jesus. And no matter what comes this year, no matter what 2022 may hold, decide now that you're going to commit yourself to the patient, constant study of this book. 
And allow it to direct your life and to dictate your life. If you will do that, Proverbs chapter number 3 verses 5 and 6 will be true in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. And what will He do? Well, He directs your path. Oh, friend, don't get out in front of Him. Don't just throw the map to the side. Follow the example of the wise men. What did they do when they couldn't see the star? They continued following the word. Friend, continue following God's word. They trusted in his word. They continued to follow the scriptures and what the Bible said. They followed God's word when they couldn't see the star. But look what we see in verse number 7 and 8. We see that they, they face some distractions as well. The Bible says in verse number 7, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Here, Herod, he finds out the, the story. I mean, he's, 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 he's shown something that he didn't know. There's a king that's born. Now, as we would all understand in, in history, that if somebody was a king and another lineage was born, what they would do is they would wipe out that other lineage. Or, or if there was a king that maybe died and somebody else took over the throne, what would they do? They would wipe out the entire lineage of the previous king. That's why we find in the Old Testament, when David came onto the scene and Saul was no longer the king of Israel. That the Bible tells us that all of, of, of Saul's family was afraid for their lives. In fact, they thought that, that David was going to come on the scene and he was going to wipe them out. He was going to kill every one of them. That's what's so amazing about that young man named Mephibosheth that, that didn't really have any ability. He, was, he had some disabilities and the Bible tells us that David showed kindness to him, brought him into the king's house and fed him there at the table. What a beautiful picture that was. And so when Herod found that there was another king, he while he said, hey, listen, go and find him for me so I can come and worship him too. What he really meant was, hey, go and find him for me so I can kill him. So I can wipe him out. We know that's the case. Why? Because he ordered the death of all children two years and under shortly thereafter. But what's interesting is when the king says this, don't forget, this is a decree, a command coming from the king. As he tells these wise men, hey, listen, go... And find this child. And when you find him, come back and bring word to me. So if they didn't obey the command of the king, best case scenario, they're thrown into prison. Worst case, their very lives are taken. But if they do obey the king, they could receive praise, accolade, rewards. For their obedience. This was an opportunity to be distracted from their purpose that they had come for. They came with a purpose. What was it? They came to worship the king. And now Herod is coming on the scene saying, Oh, listen, I've got another plan for you. Why don't you do this for me instead? You know, often when you can't see the star and you, you, you stop looking up, it's easy to become distracted. It's easy to get your eyes on other places. What happened? The disciples, the, 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 the wise men couldn't see the star, so what did they do? They began looking around and they found themselves to Herod. And Herod said, oh listen, if you just continue down this way, that would be just great. What was that? It was a distraction that had come into their life. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter number 4, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. I think it's strange whenever, whenever trials come, when difficulties are, are come into your life. And then in chapter number 5, he says this, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. What is he saying? He's be vigilant. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, have your head on a swivel. Be, be watching. Whenever we play basketball, 
In high school, they, 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 you know, we, the, the coach would tell us, okay, if the ball's over here and your man is over here, you're supposed to have your head on a swivel so you can see both of them. What were you supposed to do? You were supposed to be vigilant, right? Okay. Well, now the coach didn't say, be vigilant, guys, all right? Uh, no, he would say, hey, just keep your eye on your man and the ball. Keep your, I mean, just, just know where both are at all times. Why? Because you wanted to be able to stop the other team from scoring the basket. You were being vigilant. You were paying attention. The Bible tells us, that here in First Peter, he says, be vigilant. Why? Because you have an enemy, an adversary. He's the devil. He's walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So pay attention. Don't get distracted. But the amazing part about that, maybe even more amazing than the commands, the, the encouragement that's given there in First Peter, is the one who is writing those words. Peter. What do we know about Peter? Well, we know that Peter knew all too well about distractions. There they are, out on the boat, and Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter, and I, I mean, honestly, I mean, like, we, we give him a hard time, but honestly, I mean, Peter's just like, Lord, can I come walking on the water? He's like, yeah, come on the water. And Peter walks on the water. And, and listen, we get to the next part too quick, because all the rest of the disciples, none of them stepped up and walked on the water, okay? That was a pretty big deal. But he did, after he walked on the water, what happened? He's walking to Jesus, and the Bible tells us that he saw the wind, he saw the waves, boisterous, and he began to sink. What happened? What for a period of time as he was walking to Jesus, he had his eyes on him. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he got distracted by all that was going on around him. He began to sink. Peter was there in that garden with Christ. We just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We're going to jump back into Mark starting next week. There he is in the, in the garden. And listen, Jesus had told him, hey, just pray with me. Pray for me. But Peter was so tired. What happened? He closed his eyes. He became, much like many of you feel this morning, okay? Listen, no, I mean, he, he, he became tired. He became exhausted. He closed his eyes. He couldn't stay awake to pray. It was Peter who tried to take things into his own hands and pulled out that sword and swung at the servant of the high priest's head and cut off his ear. Listen, Peter was always trying to do it on his own. He was always trying to figure his own way through things. It was Peter who in John chapter number one said to Jesus, I go a fishing. I quit. I'm going back to my way of life before I even knew you. And, and we know the story. There he is. He toils all the night fishing, catches nothing. Jesus is there on the shore. Hey, have you caught any fish? No, we haven't caught anything. Hey, cast your net on the other side. All right. Cast the net. And they enclose such a multitude of fish that the boats begin to sink. And Peter, uh, John, b- the beloved, the Bible tells us, looks over at him and says, Oh, that's the Lord. And Peter looks, Oh, yeah, that's Jesus. And dives in, swims to the shore. And there they are. They're sitting on the shore. They're enjoying their, their little meal that Jesus had prepared. Remember we talked about this a few weeks ago about how it was fish prepared that would taste even better than Ken's fish. And, and uh, you know, we were talking about it because Jesus made it. And, and, uh, and there they are. They're, they're, they're eating the fish. And, and, and the Bible tells us Jesus looks at them and three times he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter, yeah, I love you. Do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, after the last time he asked that, he told him something. He said, Peter, follow me. And then he begins to tell Peter something. It's, it's interesting. He, he, he begins to tell Peter about how if he follows Christ, how he is going to die. You can go back, you can read it in John chapter number 21. Literally, he says there, he says, listen, if you follow me, he says, you are going to be taken places you don't want to go. And what he's telling him, he says, listen, you're going to be crucified. Peter, if you follow me. The Bible tells us in verse 19, this spake he signifying what death he should glorify God. When he spoke this, he said unto him, Peter, follow me. Still got a purpose for you, Peter. I still got a plan for you, Peter. But Peter turning about, see the disciple whom Jesus loved following. I I love this. He, He looks over at John. And he said, Lord, 
what shall this man do? <laughs> just love it. I mean, Jesus is talking directly to Peter. And Peter, I've got a plan for you. And Peter, I'm not done with you. And Peter, I know you failed me. But Peter, I still want, you to, I still want to use you. And Peter, I, I still have a purpose for you. Peter, would you just follow me? I mean, it's just like right that moment of decision. I mean, like the conviction is set in. I mean, it's just, it's that moment. And what does Peter do? Yeah, but what about him? You know, it's, it's what he does. It's so funny. I mean, he literally, what he does. And listen to what Jesus, Jesus says to him. He says to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow me. He says, Peter, forget about John. This is about, I'm dealing with you right now, Peter. Peter, I've got a purpose for you. Follow me. Peter was always getting distracted. And yet here he is in 1 Peter, encouraging us, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted from the purposes God has placed in our life. Every person has a purpose given to them by God that's for his glory. There's not a person in this room that God has not ordained you and given you a purpose, a reason, a a, a way that He wants to use you to serve you for His glory. Every relationship in your life is an opportunity to point someone to Christ, to bring someone else closer to Christ. But oftentimes the trials and the temptations and the opportunities serve as distractions that take us away from being the vessel that God desires us to be so that He can use us. It's so easy to take our eyes off of Christ when we can't see the star quite so clearly and become distracted. That's why the admonition is given in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 2, that says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Friends, as we, as we wrap up this year, as we head into a near, new year full of new opportunities, don't allow yourself to become distracted from the main purposes God has given you. Don't forget God's given you a spouse that you're supposed to love like Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Don't forget that you have children that you're supposed to raise and to nurture and the admonition of the Lord, the Bible says. Don't forget that that you have parents, each and every one of us do, that we're supposed to honor. We were talking this last week with with Jason Kanoa and and we were talking with them and he said, listen, you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to honor our parents and that there's a promise that comes along with it. So the Bible tells us that if we honor our parents, it says that it'll be well with us long on the earth. I said, Jace, what does that mean? He said, it means that you will live a long time. I said, well, yes, exactly. Okay. It means that you will be given a longer life if we honor our parents. And listen, that goes for me right now. I still have to honor my parents. Listen, we always have to, to do that. This is key. Don't forget God has called each and every one of us to be a light that shines into the world. A reflection of Christ. God has called all of us to be a minister to serve us, serve Him with our lives in one way or another. Don't allow the opportunities to create a cloud that covers the star that leads us to becoming distracted away from God's purpose for our life. Keep on staying faithful to the Lord. And eventually, listen, the star will once again come clearly interview. That's exactly what happened for the wise men. They followed God's word. They faced distractions in front of them. But listen, they finished with rejoicing. Look at verse number 10 as we finish up. It says, and when they saw the star, there it is again. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
I love this because the Bible tells us that here they are. They, they, they leave Herod's uh, palace and as they start back on the way, the Bible tells us that they look up and the star that they saw in the east stood before them and appeared before them again. Here they are. They see the star. And, and listen, the Bible says that they rejoice with exceeding great joy. Now listen, we've talked about this before, okay? The Bible puts things into to words for us and, and we have to understand them in our world today. When it says they rejoice with exceeding great joy, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, like, that's not the way that it was. Listen, I'm not going to do it again, but listen, we talked about the belly bump happening uh, back whenever Peter was released from jail. It was kind of the same thing, all right? I mean, you could just imagine, I mean, like, this great entourage of people. <laughs> I mean, like, they were fired up. They were excited. They're high-fiving one another. I mean, low-fiving each other. I mean, they're uh, everything. I mean, they're, they're fired up. Why? Because the star that they saw in the east now stood before them. They knew where they were going, and they were exceedingly joyful the bible tells us and when they found their way to jesus they fell before him and they worshiped him the whole reason that they came they came and they they worshiped him and they gave him their precious treasures after possibly up to two years of traveling without the star, they finished their course with rejoicing. I love the testimony of, of the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. Here he is. I mean, he's, he's finished his, his life. I mean, he's finished his earthly ministry. There he is being held in the Mamertine prison. And as he's being held there, the, we, we know the, that from history that, that that prison had two levels. At an upper level, had a lower level. The upper level were for those that were going to be taken out pretty soon maybe they were going to go to trial or something like that the people that were thrown down into that lower pit that lower level the one that there was a hole in the middle they dropped down into it it was dark it was nasty it was disgusting they were the ones that listen the only place they were going to was death many of them would die right down there in that lower place and paul as he finds himself there he's reflecting back on his life Looking back at the life that he's lived and and all the things that he's accomplished for the Lord, I love what he says. As he wraps it up so beautifully in 2 Timothy. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He said, I remain faithful even through everything. But then listen to what he says. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And listen, if it ended there, we'd all be like, man, that's good stuff. But it kind of sounds like bragging, Paul. You know, I mean, like, come on, really, Paul? I mean, there he's like, man, listen, I I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. And listen, I'm going to receive a crown for all the things that I did for God. And we'd all be like, way to go, Paul. You know, I mean, like, nobody really likes someone that toots their own horn, right? You know, uh, that's that's what we would be thinking. But that's not where he finishes. He says this. And not to me only, but unto all them that love my appearing. He says, listen, this isn't just for me. It's for everyone who finishes their course. It's for everyone that keeps fighting the fight. Everyone that, 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 that finishes faithfully. He says, listen, you're going to receive a crown that you can cast at Jesus' feet. Oh, and there's going to be much rejoicing with that. Revelation chapter number 4 gives us just a glimpse. It just kind of pulls back the veil just for a little bit. In verse number 10, it says, The four and the twenty elders, they fall down before him that sat on the throne. They worship him that liveth forever and ever. I mean, here they are. I mean, they're worshiping him. It, it sounds kind of like, well, listen, the story of Bethlehem. The wise men coming, bowing down before Christ. And just like the wise men, offered their gifts to Jesus. Listen to what it says they do. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. 
Oh, listen, he says that they're going to take the crowns. What, what is it? They're going to live their life for God. And the Bible tells us that one day if we remain faithful to him and, and we live a faithful life to him, that the Bible tells us that one day we are going to be rewarded with, with crowns that we have done for him, uh, th- things that we're going to be going to receive for the good, good works that we do for God as saved people. The Bible tells us one day we're going to receive those crowns, but they aren't going to be crowns that we're going to place on our heads. There are going to be crowns that we're going to cast at Jesus' feet and say, Jesus, it was all because of you. Jesus, you're the one that was worthy. Jesus, my life was live all the service that I did. Any good thing that was in me, God, it was because of you. And we're going to worship and we're going to praise him. And Paul says, listen, that's what you get to have a part in if you finish your course as well. And that is cause for rejoicing. Oh, to be there one day and to hear our Savior say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Wow. It doesn't get any better than that. To hear the one that we live our life for, the one that gave his life for us, to look at us and say, well done. It's a motivation to continue faithfully following God even when we can't see the star. On July the 4th, 1952, Florence Chadwick attempted to become the first woman to swim 21 miles across the Catalina Channel. Through shark-infested, ice-cold waters, she swam, and she swam, and she swam, and she swam. As the day went on, a dense fog set in, and she couldn't see the shoreline that she was swimming to. She just knew the general direction. After 15 hours, in 55 minutes of swimming, she finally gave in and was pulled up out of the water by one of the boats that was nearby. Sitting in the boat, recovering from the grueling day, the grueling, exhausting day that she had just spent swimming and, and, and trying to accomplish this goal, this, this day that ended in failure, the fog began to lift. And as it lifted, she began to see the lights on the shoreline that was less than a half mile away. She made it to the shore. She began to be interviewed by a reporter. She said this. She said, I'm not excusing myself. But if I could have seen the land, I know I could have made it. I know I could have finished. We don't know what next year, or listen, even next week may hold. I guess next week is next year, but... That's for you, Andy. We don't, we don't know what it's going to hold. And you may right now be traveling without the star in your life. You may be going through darkness right now in your life. Sometimes holidays bring up those things. And you may be going through that right now. In fact, I received text messages this morning of people that were going through things. You don't know what you're going to face. Today, tomorrow, Next year, you might find yourself traveling without the star. Can I encourage you to follow the example of the wise men and just keep going? Just keep going. Don't stop. Just remain faithful. Listen, friend, because you don't know for sure or not, but the shore may be just ahead. The clouds may about ready to part and you may see that star again. And listen, friend, Jesus is still there rather whether you can see him or not. Don't doubt in the night what God gives you in the light. Continue on faithfully. When the wise men couldn't see the star, what did they do? Oh, they followed God's word. They, they followed the scriptures that they knew were true. What, what did they do? They didn't get distracted by Herod who tried to lead them astray down a different path. They remained focused on their purpose. 
And listen, friend, when it all came to the end, they finished with rejoicing with joy. And listen, friend, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're going through. Jesus is there with you. And you can continue on. And His strength, no matter what comes, continue on. Because the star could be just ahead. So don't quit. As we go into the new year, things are going to happen. We don't know what's going to take place. We don't know what's, what's going to happen. We, I mean, who knows what's going to take place? I mean, there, I know right now we all have plans of things that we're going to do going into the new year. We, we, we're going to do this, and we're going to finish that, and we're going to accomplish these things, and, and all this stuff is going to happen. And we may get to January number one, and it all just falls to pieces. It's okay. Just keep looking up. Because one day that star is going to come back into sight. And you're going to be thankful that you remain faithful and following the Savior. Oh, can you imagine? There they were at Jesus's. Probably not a manger, but there with Jesus. Worshiping him. We made it. We did it. Oh, what rejoicing. And we can all experience that in our life as well. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to finish our service and just a time of prayer. Maybe you want to take a few moments and just spend, spend some time just uh, talking to the Lord there in your seat and, and uh, just asking the Lord to work in your life. Maybe just committing yourself in some way in the message that we just heard. Maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart from from the scriptures this morning and maybe it was something that was said maybe it was something that wasn't even said maybe you just come into the end of the year and you're just reflecting on things and in your heart and in your mind you're, you're, you're thinking about some things and the Holy Spirit's just, just pointed his finger on something and, and you just know listen this is something that I need to spend some time with him about I just need to talk with him listen that's what this time is it's an opportunity to be able to spend a few moments in prayer to the Lord in your own heart I'd encourage each and every one of us to ask the Lord to examine us Oh, listen, start the new year out on a, with a clean slate, a fresh slate. Ask God to use you as you go into this new year. Ask Him to help you to stay focused on His purpose for your life. Maybe you're here and say, I don't know what the purpose is. Oh, listen, friend, you can come to the Lord and ask Him to show you what His purpose is for your life. Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online, and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's never been a time in your life where you've prayed and you've asked Him to forgive you for your sins. The Bible tells us that all have sinned. They've come short of God's glory. None righteous, no, not one. And that the wage, the penalty for our sin, because we're all sinners, is an eternity in a lake of fire. Nobody wants that. Yet there's so many that are heading that direction. Yet Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on the cross. Why? Because He wanted to give us the gift of God. It's eternal life. It's through Jesus Christ. Because the wage of sin is death, Jesus died for you and for me. The Bible tells us that if we'll just simply come to Him and ask Him to forgive us for our sins, He promises to do that. Ephesians, it tells us it's not of our works. If it was by us, we would boast about it. It's the gift of God through Jesus Christ. This morning, if you're watching online, maybe you're here in the service and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, listen, friend, that's the best way to start the new year is accepting Christ as your Savior. If you have accepted Him, let's ask Him to help us to stay faithful even when we can't see the star as we go into this new year. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, let's stand together. The music's going to play.